This is Kai Stewart, reading bedtime stories for nobody. The Witch's Island is accessible to individuals and tour groups, Wednesday through Sunday, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Guided tours leave from the Big Rock by the Bridge every hour on the half hour, or by appointment. Guided tours were led by me, or a golem, or very occasionally any, the anymore, the witch herself. The witch doesn't like to leave her workshop much. She used to lead tours more often, but when it came time to meet the tour group, she was usually in the middle of something more interesting than leading tours, so the tours didn't get led. Uh, I've heard people at the university say that she's especially hard to get a hold of at the full moon or on solstices or when the wind is southerly, but honestly, I haven't noticed anything like that. She's just generally hard to get a hold of, I think. Once a tour group made it across the bridge and found her in her workshop. All by themselves, she, she didn't show up to lead them, and they found her there. And after that, she built the golem and assigned it to lead most of the tours. Oh, the group all eventually recovered. Yeah, no, there was no permanent harm, I think, to any of them, but she said that uh, she didn't want to push that luck. So the golem's tours are highly sought after by people from the university and their guests, since the golem has a lot of patience with questions and an encyclopedic knowledge of the island and its history, and also emits a pleasant whirring sound as it moves. I wrote down, last time uh, I followed along on the golem's tour, I wrote down what it says about the shark. The island's guardian, an exemplary specimen of Stratolamia archidontia, arrived in the island's moat via conceptual transference in August of 1975. The tremendous displacement of water following the transference event lowered the level of the moat 18 centimeters. In addition to a large volume of stone and territoriality, the transference objects included an alarm clock, a bear trap, and the memory of a mountain. It took two weeks for the Guardian to settle into its current pace. During that time, the Guardian tried and discarded many methods of locomotion, including remaining stationary, gyrating intensely in one location, and exiting the water of the moat in favor of the air above it. Ultimately, none of these proved rewarding or sustainable, and so it began the periodicity it now maintains. The Guardian completes a circuit of the island every 18 minutes. In that time, the witch's standing order of resilience repairs the bridge across the moat, this takes between 10 and 11 minutes, leaving visitors between 7 and 8 minutes to cross the bridge before the Guardian's next interruption. It's informative, if that's the kind of thing you're informed by. In contrast, here's what the witch says about the shark from last Thursday when she happened to be coming back from town when I was leading the tour. She said, I came to this area years ago. Years, everything was stony then, all these big boulders. This tree was only so big. I made a house out of the boulders, and put, but the boulders got smaller and smaller, and the tree got bigger and bigger, and so I moved. I knew I'd have to, and I started putting the rooms in the tree early so it would grow around them right. Getting that chakra took my whole stone house and some things for flavor and a big pile of leftover rocks, too. Now, those rocks are at the bottom of the sea someplace, and this shark is as hard-headed and intractable as they come. Hmm. suppose it keeps the plants watered, though. All, all these tourists 
always underfoot, getting into things, getting into the ointments and centrifuges. It was worse before I made the butler. I don't know whose fool idea it was to come gape at my house anyway. Town likes the customers, or I wouldn't have it. At least the butler keeps him out of my way. I have been pickling lightning. Lord help us if the tourists get into that. At that point, I think she was talking to me. Uh, speaking of which, this tour will not include the kitchen or the pantry. Coming up, however, on the right is the witch's house. That's right, the big tree. No, the house is inside the tree. See all the windows? Yeah, she had some reason for all the windows being different sizes and shapes like that, but I'm not sure whether it was an experiment in making windows, or an experiment in the kind of effect different windows had, or what she was going for, really. You could ask her, I suppose, but I don't, I don't know that she's really at home to visitors today. We'll, we'll, we'll see. You can see, uh, if you look about halfway up, the big glass laboratory. Swelling out like a paper wasp's nest. Yeah. We'll stop for lunch right under that. You can look up and see some of the equipment. Inside the house is pretty normal. Except for the laboratory, I suppose. Except there, uh, there are no corners. That's one thing. The walls and the floor are grown, you know. They're the, the tree grown around. So they're all one piece. No corners, no, no right angles. My aunt was friendly with the witch a long time ago. They used to hash out ideas and plan experiments with each other in long letters. My aunt would sometimes send me over with an apparatus or a dozen glass spheres, and the witch would give me cookies and milk in the kitchen while she gathered things, whatever she wanted to send back to my aunt. This was before the golem and before the crowds. The cookies, I remember, were often hazelnut, which I thought at the time was strange, but I have since developed a taste for them. And sometimes my aunt would come over with me when there was more to carry than I could manage, and I'd sit at the table and draw with the witch's drafting pencils while they talked energy exchange and hydrodynamics. The witch also has this big collection of plants and animals preserved in crystal, and she brings them out and arranges them to fit the residences of whatever she's working on at the time along the back wall of the kitchen. And once I came in, and the whole wall was covered with lanternfish, arranged in rows by color and in columns by size, so the biggest and most vivid were in the middle and the smallest and drabbest were on the corners. And right at my eye level was a cobalt blue one, the size of my head with spines as long again and milky patches like domed windows through which I could see all its soft machinery. The witch was in the kitchen doing something, so I spoke to her, which I never have done often. I asked her, did, did you kill all these yourself? I was 12 or 13 at this time. I was thinking a lot about cruelty and necessity at that point in my life. And I remember she looked at me. Her usual facial expression, she doesn't have many of them. Her most common one looks like she's trying to identify the source of a bad smell. And she said, Kill them? Of course not. Some of them are incredibly rare. And she went back to what she was doing with glass bottles and something phosphorescent. And she went back to ignoring me. I looked at the big fish more closely. I couldn't see it breathing. I couldn't see any motion in fin or j gill or jaw, but still I felt like there was something different about it, like something had changed in the period that I was looking away. I must have stood there watching it for three or four minutes, and as I watched, one patch of phosphorescent scales dimmed and went dark, and another sort of bloomed into light. And I remember the witch... From over where she was at the table, she said, They're just very slow. 
So before the university opened, the town people mostly kept out of her way. After they built the university, the academics started coming and poking around trying to see what she was up to. You know how university people are. The academics started talking about the island. So then more academics started coming from out of town. And then tourists, you know, the kind of person who goes to see the world's largest prairie dog or the Grotto of the Redemption. Well, no offense, men. There's nothing wrong with going to see those things. There's nothing wrong with a, with a, a healthy curiosity, you might say. Uh, finally, the university convinced the witch to start doing these tours so there would be some control over the people who wanted to see the island, some organization and uh, protection for them. And in exchange, the university gave her a professor emeritus standing and some of the proceeds from ticket sales. I think the professor emeritus thing helps if she needs something on a restricted list, and that's why she doesn't just move the island somewhere else, which she talks about constantly. So yeah, I'm I'm uh, off at my own university now, not not the local one. I went away to to the cities, but I'm home for the summer, and so that's how I became tour guide. The golem knows me, and I know how to get people interested in the places she doesn't mind them seeing, and I help with the chores and the tours and the special events and do demonstrations twice a day. I used to demonstrate her early experiments, you know, from early in her career, some of her famous ones, but I have had some ideas of my own, and uh, the tourists seem to like them. My ideas aren't science, really. They're just, uh, just a, a glimpse. A glimpse of row upon row of jars in the nighttime. Anyway, here on the right, uh, those yellow glass storm doors, those are the entrance to the viviparium. We will not be going in there. And up here to the left, you'll see, uh, where that's where she keeps her collection of electronic horses. We'll be stopping here for a minute, and if you've paid the extra couple dollars or want to do that now, you can feed them.